Good morning for the CJRU Morning Mixtape. I am Donovan LaCroxy, and debuting on the show, I've got actor and comedian Malcolm Kellner. How you doing? Hey, pretty good. Thanks for having me, Donovan. So, do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and you are an actor and a comedian, and how did this all start about? Yeah, so it was a a pretty roundabout journey for me. I grew up uh, a neighbor of of you guys up in Canada, in in Minnesota, or I guess that's not a a border to... um... Toronto, but uh, close enough. And I, so I grew up up there in Minnesota and I had a lot of interests growing up. Um, acting was one of them. I was into sports too, uh, but I did do a lot of acting growing up. I did a lot of plays and uh, community theater and stuff, but then I kind of got away from that as I went into college. I, I went to college for broadcast journalism. I thought I wanted to follow in the footsteps of my older brother and become a sports broadcaster. And also given the fact I was playing baseball in college as well gave me that extra interest in sports. But then kind of at the time, I realized that I wasn't going to go pro as a baseball player myself. I kind of felt like a letdown to to have a career where I'm so close to the game and covering sports, but not able to play the sport myself. Not that I didn't enjoy doing broadcast journalism and, and um, you know, calling sports games and writing articles about games and stuff. I, I did like it, but it felt like there was something missing. I uh, felt like I was kind of like reporting on what these other guys were doing and and not doing what I wanted to do myself. So that's kind of when I got back into entertainment related things, uh, got back into acting, renewed my interest in comedy, which I did a lot of uh, various comedic things growing up, like writing a for a satire paper in high school and made a lot of uh, comedic videos on like uh, the early days of YouTube with friends and stuff. So I kind of renewed my interest in acting and comedy and performance. And I kind of realized that uh, I think this is my purpose in life is to entertain people, make people laugh through um, through comedy. So that's kind of how it ended up for me. And then after I graduated college with my my journalism degree, I decided not to use it and to uh, move to Los Angeles and pursue um, pursue entertainment. So acting and, and comedy. So, yeah, you still have the voice for it <laughs> oh, to be a you. broadcaster. I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I do do the occasional uh, voiceover gig. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I, I I appreciate that. Some people tell me I've got a good voice for uh, I got a voice for radio and a face for radio, too. No, just kidding. Um, all right. Don't take over this. <laughs> show okay (laughs) all right so you've explained a little bit about the journey right do you want to talk about the projects that you have been working on yeah, yeah. So the the most high profile project I've done to date was a show on Hulu called Welcome to Chippendales. I played a role in that in the fourth episode of the show. It's a mini series on Hulu uh, based on the true story of the Chippendales Club that uh, that started in Los Angeles and became a worldwide phenomenon. And uh, not a lot of people not a lot of people know this, but it was a um, it, there was a, a lot of crime and and horrible things going on behind murder, crime, horrible things going on behind the scenes of that club. And the series documents the history and, and the rise and fall of the of the uh, founder of the club, uh, Steve Banerjee, who's played by the, the great actor and comedian Kumail Nanjani on the show, who does amazing in that role. But yeah, I got to have a uh, a role on the fourth episode. It was uh, a fun little role. It wasn't, wasn't huge. It was just one episode, but I had a great time. I was happy with how it came out. They let me improvise. 
my scene fully. So that was cool given my experience as a improviser. So it's cool to be able to put those skills to use. And uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. And then I'm in a, in something coming out uh, most likely this summer, they don't have an exact date for it yet, but it's a musical film for Jennifer Lopez called This Is Me Now. It'll be released around the same time as her new uh, album of the same name. And so it's like a musical film with uh, that's a narrative, uh, tells a narrative story with a bunch of music videos mixed in. And I had the, uh, the honor of being able to play one of her friends in uh, in that uh, playing the the character of of one of her friends, so I got a, a lot of scenes with her. It remains to be seen what will be in the final cut. Hopefully, uh, hopefully a lot of it. But uh, but yeah, it was a really cool experience working with her, and I'm excited for that to come out this summer. Yes, listeners, it is Jennifer Lopez. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that one, Jayla. <laughs> if you had my love and that one okay <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> all right so the comedy sketches right are we yeah. able to tell jokes these days we gotta watch what we say so what's your comedy sketches like do they like to poke the bear do they like to get controversial do we like <laughs> to say hey girl or do we like to go political? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's uh, that's an interesting question. You know, it it is obviously uh, a time of heightened sensitivity, and and that can make things harder for comedians, uh, whether it's stand up or sketch or, or writing or what have you. But I've I I relish the opportunity to kind of poke fun at certain um, you know funny cultural things that are happening and and I, I wouldn't call myself like a, a political comic or or something like that. I don't like focus on uh, politics or social issues or things like that. But I definitely do like poking fun at certain uh, certain things that I find funny or or ridiculous, you know, that that happen in um, in day to day life or in a societal sense. And I kind of like going at um, at both sides of the aisle, too. I've done a lot of stuff uh, making fun of the far right. I've done stuff making fun of the far left. Um, so I uh, yeah, I just caught when I see something that I think is is silly and ridiculous. I like to call it out and uh, it doesn't really have a, I don't have like a, uh, a political agenda or anything like that. Um, I just like, um, you know, calling out the funny things, the ridiculous things that people see and um, bring attention to them through comedy. So, all right. You ever told a Trump joke? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I've, I've told plenty and I actually, um, you know, back during the election, uh, both before and after the, the 2020 election, um, I went to a bunch of rallies where it was, it was beyond just a typical Trump rally. These were like, uh, if, if I can say, say this word on the air, uh, they were like QAnon rallies with these people were, I mean, just completely, uh, so radicalized by these insane conspiracy theories. And so I would go out there and ask them questions. And I really didn't like, basically, I just let them talk. I would just let them kind of dig a hole for themselves with their own logic and just kind of expose how insane uh, some of that, um, you know, some of that stuff is with these uh, fringe conspiracy theories getting more and more mainstream, which is, uh, I know you're up in Canada, but but it's uh, a concerning thing here in America for sure. So yeah, I've definitely poked fun at that side. And then, um, you know, I, I poke fun at, I, I feel like sometimes the, the left goes a, a little far too here uh, down in America as well. 
And so I've done uh, sketches poking fun at that. And so, like I said, um, you know, I kind of poke fun at uh, across the aisle whenever I see uh, things going too far or ridiculous. I, I call it out. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we should not be afraid to call it out, should we? What happens if you get canceled by calling <laughs> it out? Right, right. Well, hopefully, hopefully that never happens. Uh, hopefully I never get canceled. But but yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely something that uh, that fellow comedians um, are concerned about sometimes like, oh, what if I say something that gets taken the wrong way? But um, but, you know, I, I really feel like uh, that's not it's not something that's like a huge concern of mine, a because I'm not I don't like that's not like my main focus and like politics and things like that. But also, I feel like um, the way I do things, it's it's in a way where people know it's satirical or people should know. Most people know that it's satirical. It's in good fun. I never do anything that, um, you know, that is hateful or, or you know, puts someone down. I might call out an ideology that I find um, ridiculous or something like that, but I'm never trying to be mean. I'm never trying to be hateful. Uh, at the end of the day, I'm trying to bring people together through laughter. And, um, you know, I do feel like my, my intentions are, are pure at the end of the day. So, so I'm not too concerned about, uh, getting canceled or, or anything like that. And even if you do, somebody else will celebrate you and it doesn't have to be politics, religion, or et cetera. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I mean, you see, you see a lot of comics who get, uh, so-called canceled and, uh, an example, uh, a big example of course would be Shane Gillis, uh, the comedian who was hired by Saturday Night Live and was, was fired, uh, I don't know, like a week or something later when someone dug up something, uh, that he said, uh, a, when he used a slur on a, a podcast years ago, someone dug that up and uh, and then he got fired. And now his stand-up career is bigger than ever. And now he's he's selling out shows uh, around the country. And uh, so that that's an example of someone who who used getting uh, so-called canceled to uh, to their advantage. So so yeah, I feel like um, you know if you're putting out good comedy, um, no, not everyone is going to like it. But uh, as long as you're not being like like hateful and like like really mean spirited or or something you're gonna have an audience for what you're doing and and yeah mm-hmm. are we allowed to talk race in our comedy because these days any race you got to be careful about and it's not just black just anyone right right yeah that's uh, i mean i love um i love uh, some good racial humor you know whether it's coming from um you know the the black comedians who who uh, touch on those subjects like uh, Dave Chappelle or, or Chris Rock, um, or I mean, even uh, even some white comics have uh, great jokes about race too. I mean, Andrew Schultz is an example of a, a comedian I really like. He and anyone can get it from him. He he will uh, you know poke fun at at any race, any religion, any group. But but at the end of the day, it, it's all you really get the sense that it's in good fun. He's not being hateful. He's not trying to um, disparage anyone or, or perpetuate like horrible stereotypes it's all in good fun and and um and that's why you see at his shows they're extremely diverse you see you see black people you see uh you see latino people you see arab people you see people of every every group there and uh and it seems like like they might even be hoping that he he picks on them you know when he does their does his uh crowd work and so i think that's what what comedy is all about it's about um you know nothing like a good roast and uh you know roasting each other and and um you know celebrating our our differences and and it brings us together in the end so so yeah i, I love 
comedy that uh, that touches on race or or other uh, potentially sensitive things like that when it's done in a in a funny and smart way like those comics I described. Mm-hmm. Now, would you write comedy sketches about your life? Because I see you poking fun at yourself and making fun of your life. Yes, yeah, I'm, I'm very uh, a big part of my comedy, both with the sketches I do and the stand-up I do, is self-deprecation. I really like making fun of myself, and uh, I'm I'm always the the biggest punching bag for uh, for my uh, for my jokes, the, and the most frequent one too. Um, I love making my making fun of myself and the you know the funny things and 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 stupid things that happen to me in life. Sometimes I'll something will happen to me that's just so ridiculous that's like I I just have to. Uh, or something that may may be like sad at the time but but the only way that I can uh you know when something like that happens what I think is like okay I have to turn this into comedy and turning uh I'm sure you've heard the phrase tragedy plus time equals comedy uh, I definitely believe in that um down to a, a personal level uh, I've had some very you know silly and, and I guess sad at the time things happen to me but then I like turning them around into comedy and just kind of as a, a cathartic release and and sharing that that laughter with my audience so uh yeah i definitely always love making fun of myself that's a a value that my parents instilled in me very young they they said if you're willing to be uh, self-deprecating and make fun of yourself there's there's nothing that anyone can really say that you haven't said already so it kind of makes you bulletproof when you're willing to uh take a joke take a punch uh and um you know, make fun of yourself. So I, I strongly believe in that. And if you can't make fun of yourself as a comedian, what should you do? Well, a lot of a lot of comedians, they really um, stick to observational and they never really dip into their personal life, which I think is interesting. Jerry Seinfeld is an example of that, who's kind of like the king of observational comedy. He, um, you know, he'll, he'll talk at length about uh, a, a trip to the grocery store or, um, you know, something, something at the, uh, at the fitness center, but uh, you rarely will you hear him talk about uh, his own life, his family, or things like that, his personal life. Um, so that, and another comedian who's kind of in that mold is Mark Normand, one of my favorite uh, uh, comedians uh, right now, who's a New York-based guy, who's uh, kind of um, exploding uh, in the U.S. and probably around the world. But uh, yeah, they never really dip into the personal life stuff. They keep things observational. They just have a sharp, such a sharp eye for. Uh, um, for the world around them. And um, yeah, I guess they choose to to focus on that. Whereas me, I like to really make myself uh, a central part of the uh, the act and that self-deprecation, uh, bring that into the fold. So so yeah, I guess it's just different styles for, for different comedians. Mm-hmm. But is it bad though? Observational, you think? Comedy, is it bad, you think? I don't think it's bad. My favorite comedians uh, do dig into the personal. Uh, and that's just, yeah, personal preference of mine. I always like when, because uh, like when a comedian gets vulnerable and, and shares some uh, vulnerable things about themselves and, and their own life and, uh, you know, maybe an embarrassment embarrassing thing they did or, or or a weird thing that happened to them. To me, that's endearing. And that that makes me like them more when someone's willing to share that vulnerability and kind of, um, you know, bring out uh, that side of them to the public. Uh, so that's why some of my favorite comedians uh, are are the people who, who do like, not that I don't like uh, Mark Norman and Jerry Seinfeld, because they're two of my favorites as well. But uh, my my really favorite comics are the ones that that dig deep into the personal, because I think that's 
that's a, a huge, huge uh, part of comedy is sharing that personal vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And what's your message to upcoming comedians that want to break through the comedy world? What do you want to tell them? And they haven't been that vulnerable and they're sticking to more of an observational side because they're very careful. They don't want to step on anyone's toes too early. Right, right. Yeah, I would say uh, really just embrace what makes you unique and it's funny how i'm i'm saying this in a in a way that where i'm giving advice to other people it's also advice to myself too that um you know i'm i'm not i wouldn't say i'm a, a super successful uh comic at least with stand up yet i still have a ways to go but uh definitely my advice to uh to people starting out is uh you know embrace the vulnerabilities and uh and be become comfortable with sharing that because uh you know Anyone can see something that happens uh, at the grocery store, but but there's only you, only you have lived the life you've lived and experienced the things you have. So like telling the jokes that only you would be able to tell, I think there's something really powerful about that. And that's what, um, and that's what makes a lot of comics really great is, is just that, uh, you know, using themselves as an open book and, and uh, digging into their, their lives and, and bringing uh, bring themselves out in their act. So, so yeah, my, my advice to, to sum up would be, yeah, don't be afraid to be yourself, be different and share things that you don't hear uh, other people talking about, um, because that's what can make you unique and what will make people like you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Don't be afraid, right? That's right. Yeah. Fearlessness is, is a big part of, uh, of comedy and something, you know, again, like I said, is uh, a, a good lesson to myself as well. I'm trying to become more and more bold and fearless with uh, with my comedy and my jokes, whether that's stand up or sketch, um, really just going for it, because that's the the people who I really admire in comedy are are people who do go for it and um, and who aren't afraid to uh, make a point and aren't afraid to uh, get quote unquote canceled. Um, you know, it's all about uh, trying to uh, trying to be bold, be brave and and uh, go for it because because no one not many people like the the people who play it completely safe like if you're not really saying anything with with your art it's not going to be that interesting for the most part typically um people like stuff myself or just speaking for myself i i like stuff that that pushes buttons challenges norms and and yeah things like that Mm-hmm. And what do you want to tell other actors and actresses and writers concerned about an upcoming strike? What do you want to tell them? And they're very worried about, you know, just auditions. They're worried about, will I be able to get anything? And the market is changing. What do you want to tell them? Yeah, well, that's something that I've been dealing with, too, with the industry preparing for this uh, this strike that looks like it's going to happen. And uh, things have been slowing down in uh, TV and film production. I've experienced that from from an audition from the audition side. Uh, the auditions have been uh, fewer and far between. Um, and I know a lot of yeah, fellow actors are concerned about that. Definitely myself uh, included. I I won't uh, I won't lie. But um, but my message is is that now is the time. You know, if the industry is shut down, now is the time to really 
focus on creating your own stuff because, um, you know, instead of waiting for things to open back up, because who knows how long this, if the strike happens, how long it's going to go, uh, who, who knows, um, you know, how long it's going to take and when things will get back to normal. But, uh, so you can't control that, uh, but you can control what you make yourself. And, um, you know, I've heard previous guests on, on your show talk about this, creating your own work. Uh, I think I'm such a, a huge believer in that creating your own content and, and really it's so possible now with everyone having a, a great camera in their pocket with smartphones, you know, there's really no excuse for actors or writers or, or anyone not to be out creating their own work. And, um, and that's, and even more so now uh, with this strike, it really puts the, uh, the emphasis on creating your own work. And because, uh, because now's the time to do it, you can either <laughs> sit back and, uh, and wait for the strike to end and, and do nothing or be proactive and create your, your own work. And so I really will We'll, we'll be planning on, I mean, I already do that already create my own work, but um, if this strike does go into effect, it's going to add a new level to that. And I'm going to emphasize that even more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Don't wait. Other actors and actresses get into creating, um, use your phone and create, create, create. We're not supposed to sit and be idle because who knows how long the strike will last. It could last for one month, two months, three months. Hopefully not four months. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you, you never know. So, uh, so yeah, use that time. Uh, yeah, my my message again is, uh, you know, use that time uh, productively. I certainly hope to do that myself. I, I want to try to uh, maximize uh, my time and and really have some some good products to show for it when uh, when the strike, if it happens, when it when it does end, which hopefully is not too too long. I hope to have some uh, some good uh, projects to show for it uh, from that I've made myself. So mm -hmm. speaking of projects, did you want to remind the listeners of the projects again and throw out your social media platforms? Yeah, yeah. So I have um I have a, a few different projects out there. One is a web series I made called Making Malcolm, which is uh a web series loosely based on uh my life, uh inspired by my life and and liberties are are taken, as I'm sure you'll see if you if you watch it. But uh that's uh, a little web series that I did on YouTube. Uh, if you just put in my name, Malcolm Kellner, you'll be able to find that and you can watch both episodes of that. Um, I'm also posting sketches constantly on on YouTube, also my Instagram and TikTok. And then also I have a podcast called, uh, you know, I, I talked about making fun of both sides of the aisle. Um, I have a podcast called Two Woke Boys, T-O-O -O, Woke Boys, where I play a character along with a comedian friend of mine. I play a character who's like this uh, fake male feminist guy who uh, who both these guys are kind of in it for all the wrong reasons. They're, they don't actually believe anything they're saying with this, uh, with, with the, the politics or the uh, uh, the male feminist stuff they're just using it to try to uh, pick up women and score uh score uh points uh political points and pats on the back so um that's something i i do um where like i said i, I poke fun of extremes of, of both sides uh that's that's an example right there although that the podcast is really um apolitical it doesn't really focus on politics more of like social and cultural stuff um and um and yeah just uh a silly character that i play in that but yeah i'd encourage you to uh, check that out if that sounds uh, funny to you. Uh, that's uh, T-O-O -O, Woke Boys. Uh, that's on all the platforms, all podcast platforms. And then uh, my own name, my personal channel is Malcolm Kellner, M-A-L-C-O-L-M-K-E-L-N-E-R, uh, just my name. 
on all the channels to uh, stay up to date with uh, what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. That's YouTube, SoundCloud. No, sorry, YouTube and Instagram, right? Yep, yep, exactly, exactly. And um, and yeah, so I'm posting there uh, usually several times a week, and um, and we'll be posting even more if this uh, writer's strike happens. Hold, hold me to that. Uh, I, I will be uh, I will be churning out the content if um, if I've got no uh, no TV shows to act in. So all right, any final things you would like to tell the listeners in closing? Yeah, well, I think uh, just to reiterate what I said before, if I were to give any advice to to up and comers in the entertainment world on the performance side with like comedy and acting is just, um, you know, get out there and create, make your own stuff. Don't afraid to be bold and, and say something with your art and, uh, yeah, just, uh, just create without, without a net and, and go for it. Also just pursuing the the career in general, uh, you know, it was kind of a, a risk for me to uh, pursue something that doesn't have uh, as much of a path like the the journalism career would have had for me. It's definitely a risk uh, that that I'm taking and that other people are taking in this line of work. But when you love it and when you when you feel that uh, it's your calling and you're meant to do it, uh, you should go for it. You know, if if you if you fail, then then you fail. But you've got your whole life to uh to be a quote unquote normal person um if if you have this this calling to to do something special in entertainment you should do it and at least pursue it because uh you don't want to live with regret at least i don't so that's why i'm going for it and um and I'm glad I'm doing it, even though it's not easy. And even though I could be making more money doing other things, doing what I love, and I encourage other people to do the same. Mm-hmm. And listeners, that message is to you too, not just to the actors. So that's to everybody listening, right? <laughs> that's right. Yeah, not just acting. Yeah, it could be music, could be uh, any other form of art. Um, you, you're you're you only live once, you know. So you only you only have one shot to kind of. Uh, go for it and and pursue a dream and a passion and and just go for it and and like i said you know you can always fail and fall back on other things later uh safer things later but um but you're doing yourself uh, a disservice and the unique purpose that you have as an individual if you don't share uh your passion with the world and um so that's why i always encourage people to do that all right for cjru 1280 am i'm donovan lacroxy i would like to thank actor and comedian you can throw out your name again malcolm kellner Yes, And I also would like to thank the listeners for listening to this episode. Thank you again, Malcolm. Yeah, thanks for having me, Donovan. And uh, and yeah, I'll uh, and thanks everyone for for checking this out.